Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and plot theories. You can follow The Story Tinker on all podcast platforms and videos of most episodes on YouTube. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like weekly bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. Thanks for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Purple Hyacinth podcast, Dreadful Deal. And today we have Bundan, Fu, and Shivi. Hello. Hi. Hello. All right, and Bundan will kick us off because she wants to have her favorite line. <laughs> My favorite line in the whole series so far, and it's not even like... We'll, we'll get to it. Okay, so episode 10, it starts, and the previous episode ended with Lauren meeting him on the bridge, so we see that, and we hear the music of, like, the wind blowing and everything. It really sets up the scene first, like, mentally puts us in this place. It feels cold, windy. You get a real sense of the atmosphere, and I really love that. So we get to Kieran, and he's like, well, 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 what do we have here? Seems like someone changed her mind about my proposal. Lauren's just looking at him like, bruh. Then <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, he's so flippant once again. Lauren is taking this very seriously, but Kieran's way of dealing with everything is to make jokes out of it. Sassy man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like, the good little cop decided to make a deal with the devil. You were so hell bent against it. What changed? And then Lauren just pulls out her pistol and pulls it right up to his head. And she says, you're the purple hyacinth, aren't you? The most dreaded criminal of the city. And she cocks her pistol and says, you forgot to mention that during our our chat last night. It's, it, again, just, she does not trust this guy at all. And, he, and he's just like, does not care at all that he has a gun in his face. This man. Literally iconic. <laughs> it's straight but- up pushed against his nose. Mm-hmm. It's like probably, the hundredth time since that's happened to him. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. probably had a lot of guns to the face. Mm. He's like, so with the gun in his face, he says, I figured it would be obvious after you saw the crime scene. And then Lauren says, and yet you still thought I'd be crazy enough to make a deal with the purple hyacinth. And then he says, well, not crazy, just extremely desperate, which you definitely are. And she interrupts him saying, I am not desperate. Here, yeah. their battle of the banter begins. They're already teasing each other. The banter. I think just met. <laughs> the banter is esoteric. It's so good. Yeah, and he's he's kind of like I love his face where he has one eye closed because she's like shoving it in his eye and he's trying to look at it. You know, he can't be cross-eyed and look at the mm-hmm. pistol. I never thought of that. That's funny. That's true. Yeah. Wow. It's adorable. Oh, dang! Nice, nice catch. <laughs> and it also adds to the whole sassy look of him like you know he's like oh like smart just like little wink yeah that makes him also look like boyish boyish and innocent which is the exact opposite of what he is you know you would expect someone like with his reputation to be menacing and cruel and vicious and bitter and angry but he's very much the opposite he's humorous and he kind of is like goofy and you know flirtatious. yeah so mm-hmm. he kind of has this, what is that called when animals have, and anim- like water mammals have a thick skin so that water blubber. doesn't hurt. 
Oh, Bubber is the fat layer, but anyway, he's like an impermeable love layer that he lets everything bounce off of him. And I think mm -hmm. it's very much like a defense mechanism. Um, and in a way, right, it's maybe to distance himself from what he does to go to the complete opposite direction and be, you know, like you said, lighthearted, joyous, boyish, you know, childish. If he acts like someone not to live with or yeah, to if work he, with. If he acts like it's not a big deal and maybe it won't feel like a big deal. Mm -hmm. yeah. or at least other people won't think that of him I think also he understands that if he whether it's a face he has to present to the phantom scythe to be pretend to be you know nonchalant and non-caring so that they think he's just beyond redemption and they won't worry about him or even for someone like Lauren um, or someone who might actually care about him he doesn't want them to delve too deep into his soul because then they'll have pity on him he probably does not the kind of person who wants that um, wants to be sympathized you know to show the conflict that he really does have inside of him. So he just pretends that it all doesn't matter so that nobody pays attention to him. Nobody tries to look further and they just are exasperated. Like, oh, he's like so uncaring. Yeah, and it could also be just a personal thing too. So a lot of different reasons for adopting this persona in yeah. public. It's always like, what would he have been like if he hadn't had his past? You know, would he, question. probably still be goofy, but would he be more serious sometimes? Would he be more sensitive? Mm. Will we find out? Who knows? I don't Hopefully. think it's possible to, to, to disentangle a person's personality and their experience. I thought, I think about that with, in terms of like myself, my husband, like people that we know, you're, you're formed by your experiences and your environment. It's, it's, you can't take it out. As much as you have some personality you're born with, it just works together so sad to think about Karen like being someone else that isn't the purple horizon what could have been uh, okay so after she says I'm not desperate he says no you've just been stuck spinning your wheels in a dead-end investigation for years and he does like this like just demonstrates it again <laughs> goofy <laughs> well that's exactly what the phantom site is spending its time and resources on you know making sure that the APD never gets past those dead ends. And then it turns to Lauren and she says, look, I came here tonight because I know you've been honest with me. I don't understand why or how it's possible, but you and I seem to have the same goal. Actually, there's a lot I don't understand about you. And then he still has his gun in his head, at his head, still smiling. He says, I've got my mysterious killer, uh, my mysterious killer reputation to uphold. It would have been a waste if I revealed everything about myself on the first night. And then Lauren asks, why didn't you kill me? And he says, my, my, did you hit your head that hard? I already told you. I need a pet. Someone in the police department to help me put as my plan. Uh, someone in the police department to help me put my plans into motion. And that's not a lie. So we know that's definitely his intention. And then Lauren says, but why me? Why would you trust me? You know nothing about me. And then this is the line, just the line I love, because he grabs the gun and pulls it away from his face and says, true, but you're straight-laced enough to put weight in your word and crooked enough to take mine at face value. Which is just so good. That's a line. And then he says, and I do know you and I share the same vengeful desires. And I just love his way of taking control of the conversation in a way, even though she's the one with the gun and murderous intent. He's cool as a cucumber and doesn't even like, he knows he can take that gun and move it because he knows that she won't actually kill him because she's too curious about 
why he didn't lie and why he's come to her with this arrangement. What do you guys think? He still has a mm-hmm. smirk on his face. Yeah, he does. I love that she asks him in this episode, why didn't you kill me? Obviously, this question is going to be huge later. And it's like, we only get this one time. And Oh my gosh, I worry about that so much. I worry about that line in the prologue, yeah. day and night, where it says, if only I had known, everything would be different. I'm like, what does that mean? And I don't want to think about its possible ramifications. Anyway. When my, my- says- Oh, sorry. When he says, I need a pet, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but some of the people from the Discord were talking, and we had noticed that they changed the dialogue in episode two. It wasn't, what? It's they changed it to pet rat. What? They did? I heard yeah, I have a screenshot the of the old one, and they changed it. It's new. It said pet rat? It says pet rat now, yeah. Uh, we have on record from our podcast. That wasn't there, I think. Hold up, rat. We have a screenshot from December, so it was updated, like, in 2021. I'm assuming he called maybe her a rat. <laughs> yeah, maybe a rat. rat as in, like, a snitch. Like, you know, when you rat someone out. Oh, yeah, true. That's what I was thinking. That's right. I mean, you know, Art Hollis <laughs> is based off that Victorian London and, you know, just 400 years <laughs> In actual yeah. London, 400 years before Victorian London, in like actual London. Mm. I, my brain, because my brain went a completely different re- direction that's not even true. I'm, I'm watching Fruit Basket with people on the server, oh. and I just thought of Yuki. Yuki. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, oh. That's a good joke. But yeah. also, have the plague, also the plague doctor mass for the messengers. True. And, you know, plague rats. Thing. <laughs> But yeah, interesting. So I wonder if they'll change like other dialogue too now. I now I just want to yeah. have like screenshots of everything so I can check if they change. <laughs> Apparently the hand, I don't know. Some people were saying that like the hand and I think episode one or two, like there's this one hand, there's this one the, panel of like the, the hand. Thing? Yeah, that okay. thing. Where it's sort of like reaching and sort of puppeting. Apparently that was changed. But what? I, I, was I remember that from when I started though. Because um, yeah. I started in like October 2019, September, October 2019. And yeah, I remember that hand. Changed. Oh. What was changed? From what to what? I don't know. I think it's just like a brighter panel oh, yeah. of the hand. <laughs> Fine. I have a screenshot. CH does lean dark. <laughs> so <laughs> making things more visible would be nice. <laughs> but yeah. No, but like they made it darker instead of making it lighter. Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, of course. even more dark. Right? Like Leonard Cohen, you want it darker. <laughs> but yeah, when um, we were talking about that line, um, where it's if everything everything would be different, my line that I'm concerned about is why did he hesitate? Yes. Why? We don't know. No knows. Still. No knows. Instinct. Oh. No, well, we he ta- like okay in a later chapter they kind of talk about it, but we still don't get answers as to why. But there has to be a reason, and I'm just there like, what was the reason? He could feel behind the fourth wall, and he could already feel the people reading the comic shipping the two, and he's like, I can't kill off an, a potential love interest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> um. So did you notice when Lauren says, look, I came here for tonight because, and then she pauses, I know you've been mm-hmm. honest with me, that to me, like that pause shows that, you know, Lauren is trying to be 
like you were talking about the power dynamic, Lauren is trying to be powerful here, right? She's the one, he's the one in power because he invited her to make the deal. He has a little bit more physical prowess, but also he's, like you said, he's cool as a cucumber. He's um, unsettled, but she's the one who's unsettled. So the one who's unsettled and emotional, they are the one with the lower power in the, in the tomb. But so she wants to be like tough. That's why she whips out her pistol, but she's also willing to be honest. And she said, it's funny because she's honest when she says he's honest with her, right? She pauses and then she, you know, kind of lowers her barriers and the intimidation that she's been using and like the tough attitude. And she's like, I know you've been honest with me, which is, you know, truthful and kind of a, a connecting them rather than being confrontational. And like everything else she says also, because when you're honest and open with someone that makes you a little more vulnerable. So it took her a while to do that, but I'm proud that she was able to do that with somebody, again, that she just met and has many reasons to hate and distrust. I think she hates the idea of giving him any sort of like, like being like, you've been honest. Like how can a criminal be honest? It's just mm-hmm. her whole black and white view that she has. So I think that it's really interesting to have I that. Always... Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. Um, I, always say this but the best way to manipulate Lauren into doing what you want her to do is to be honest with her and we see that many times over the series and that is why I do not trust anyone who has ever been honest with Lauren (laughs) except maybe Will and Kim I was not about to say Will is always honest so I'm yeah because I can't see I can't see them having any like really big major like ulterior motives that could harm Lauren yeah I don't know Will knows I, I, like I haven't seen any any indication yet that Will knows about her ability. I mean, I think they kind of know, but they don't. I mean, Kim has talked about it, and I Will has known her longer, so I bet he knows. But he, it's not like something he takes too seriously, or like he knows it's a thing, but he doesn't pay it much mind. Also, because he doesn't lie, so I don't think he's worried about it. You know, I think I don't know. I feel like somewhere it said maybe it was like I don't know. I don't. I don't remember if it was like in comic or out of comic, but I feel like somewhere I saw that like the oh around like I don't know season one time the only people who believe in Lauren's ability like among her friends are Kieran and Kim, and Will wasn't listed among that, so I'm not sure. It doesn't really make sense because Will again has known her for much longer, but I mean her uncle has known yeah. her her whole life, and I don't think he takes it very seriously as well. Though we don't know if that's a oh yeah that's true. Kim is very observant and probably like hung out with Lauren a lot more like um, maybe they had like sleepovers or something I'm sure like Kim just had a lot more opportunity to see Lauren at her lowest because obviously something happened prior to have her disappointed before so Mm -hmm. but there was also some sort of tragedy that happened when Lauren was younger again right the Ellendale transition tragedy Um, that happened and Will would have been her friend around that time so it's like where was he during that? I think also, um, you know, sad. my husband and I were discussing like um, the concept of the supernatural, right? We were discussing ghosts. And like, we realized that my, I have an axiomatic assumption that ghosts don't exist because I don't believe in those kind of stuff. My husband's a philosopher and he's like, you just wrote it off without considering it, right? And I'm like, yeah, because I, you know, my assumption is they don't exist. So Will, someone like Will might have an assumption that these kind of abilities don't exist. So he probably wouldn't even pay attention like I don't he might even pick up on it because you know like some other friends were discussing they're like oh my god this is a ghost and I was like I would never see a ghost in that scenario because I don't believe in ghosts yeah, so he may not pick up on it because I don't believe in those kinds of things 
Mm-hmm. That could be true. And then again with um, my favorite line, I just love that it perfectly sums up Lauren as a character and the whole, this whole episode could basically be summed up in what he says here. It's the reason why she comes. She's straight-laced enough to put weight in her word and crooked enough to take his at face value. So it, it shows the kind of greenness of her character, but also like how far she's willing to go to get to her, her means to an end. And she's I know, perfect I just, for the job. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And also, you know, we we were discussing Kieran and his um persona that he puts on. So mm-hmm. he he says, I've noticed that like when he says sarcastic stuff, it isn't indicated as a lie. But I think the statement that he says here is half sarcasm and half reality. He says, I've got my mysterious killer reputation to uphold, but I'm gonna waste to reveal everything by myself. So yeah, it's sarcastic and it's a joke, but I think he also is serious. So where do you really put out this persona? And um, what Bundan was saying about Lauren is pretty important because it does raise the question, how far is Lauren willing to go to achieve her goals? Like, because is she willing to murder for her goals? She obviously wants to take down the Phantom Scythe. Does she want to kill the leader herself? Or And um, I think that will raise some very interesting questions in the future. Um, kind of in particular I'm wondering like will Lauren be the one to kill a leader herself and does she want to kill a leader herself and obviously that will I think that will also depend on who the leader is I think if the leader ends up being someone super close to her she's not going to want to kill a leader herself but if it was anyone else she would definitely want to stab the dude with her own hands I think that Lauren also I think part of it is that she wants to she says numerous times up to this point that she wants to deliver the people into the arms of justice I don't know if that would be her goal but then again you know we know how Lauren be so I think it would really depend on like what she finds out about Dylan because if it's really bad I think justice would be out of question because Justice would have already been served. So obviously yeah. something by Lauren. under the rug. So mm-hmm. you know, she slammed well, we'll learn later, but she has a temper. <laughs> but I'm just I, don't know. I find it interesting how uh how far we're willing to exact revenge on someone depending on how close we are to them. Like I don't know. I just find that interesting as a topic. She's, uh, and I'm kind of hoping she, PH covers it. She's like a broken moral compass. And how we view justice. Meaning, like, when we know someone, we feel bad for them? hmm Like, we know Kieran, so we don't want him to end up in jail forever. But... But then again, yeah, sure. he has committed atrocities. <laughs> yeah. I always say, like, um, you know, if one of my siblings would, were to be a murderer, like, obviously I would say they're an awful person, but I would still love them. Like, I can't stop loving my siblings no matter what they do. I, you know, my... One of my one of my relatives was not a nice person let's just say and his own mother um at some point somebody was like oh he's crazy and his own mother was like he's not crazy he's just bad mm-hmm. so you know and did she does that mean she didn't love him I don't know I think I think there's you know you'll never stop loving like my children no matter what they do I might hopefully I'll never have to say they're terrible people but like I think you can recognize someone's a bad person or has done bad things and still love them I don't know if someone from my family did commit murder, like I might, I might stop because like 
you know, love can run out. You can stop having feelings for someone. And I think just knowing what they've taken from someone else and knowing would just be so sickening to me that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want them to die. Like I'm not very pro death penalty, but I wouldn't want them to continue living a privileged life. Yeah. I wouldn't want them to, I wouldn't want that family or whoever they hurt to feel like they didn't get justice. It's a tough moral dilemma to like think about those things as well. And then it's like, when you love people, it's can't, you can't really control it. And then also you can't control what they do and stuff. So it can be really tough when you, someone you love does something that you wouldn't approve of, but like you still love them. And it, it can be really hard for people in situations like that. I've seen stuff about that, like documentaries and stuff where they talk about it. And it's, it's really interesting to think about it's yeah it's such a complicated and um layered issue that I think and I think it that issue does fit in purple hyacinth I think that we could get to a point where we talk about that issue and I think that it would just fit so narratively well within the comics but you know I'm kind of hoping that we do eventually see um its thematic presence yeah I've said this before my husband makes so much fun of me he's like all the guys you like from webtoons are criminals and murderers because Tora from Minipapan Land and Kieran and he's like he just and I give him all these defenses he's like I don't care they're horrible people so you can be like I don't care I love them (laughs) I mean okay 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 this is weird and I know I'm not I know I'm not really like that famous for how much I like Kieran because I don't like Kieran that much I mean he's a great character I give him that yeah I know (laughs) he's my he's my son and it's only because of who I'm married to on the discord and you know whatever he's my dad's son Kieran has a mom or dad on the discord sorry he has two moms the Uh, family not you do not want to get into that (laughs) it's really messy um anyways I like Kieran I, I think he's a great character and I think he's a good person but the reason what stops me from like fully appreciating him and the reason that like um I don't like he's not my favorite favorite character I mean he's still I still admire him a lot because he's and again amazingly written um the reason that I'm not like a Karen I guess fangirl is Good. because <laughs> every time I try to every time I think about Karen I can't stop thinking about the people that he's killed and it's it's so weird because um we don't know the people that he's killed we don't we're not really um introduced to them and we never really get to know the people that he's killed and that is a tactic to make us more sympathetic with Kieran because I think if we ever did get to know the people that he did kill um Kieran's popularity would drop because it is by not knowing the identities of the people who he's killed and by kind of stripping away that sort of humanity because we don't know them, we can't really sympathize with them as much. Um, it makes Kieran more sympathetic by us not knowing who his victims were. I mean, then again, they, they have gone 
Kieran has done things that people have completely disregarded him for as well, let we get into later. So there, there is to some extent uh, a thing where they've shown that Kieran, the, the, like some of Kieran's nature, like the things that he's done, but yeah, no, if they showed more of like, like one of his victims' families or like flashbacks to some of his other murders, then yeah, probably would affect how a lot of people view him. That being said, um, he's my boy and I love him. <laughs> and um, I can love him as a fictional character, but in real life, I would probably slap him. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. how it is. This is Drag him to therapy. Yeah. This is fiction. With, with this connection so program and therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's very important is that this is fiction and fiction is meant to be fun and you're meant to enjoy fiction. Mm-hmm. So I don't judge anyone for liking Karen. I just have that boundary for that's, me where I'm like I'm just like I can't do no, that's 100 fine because who who would someone be to dictate how you enjoy mm-hmm. a character exactly you know? yeah like that's dumb and I hate when I see people <laughs> tell people not to like a thing mm-hmm. or a character because x y and z like mm-hmm. well but, like, to, what I think about Kieran though to be honest when I like how Fuet says like she always thinks of the victims I always think of it basically like Karen is a good guy and he's the one that would make the sacrifice by being the one to swing the blade and kill those people because he knows that if it wasn't him then someone else would have to take that burden so like I just feel so sad for him every time I look at it like and I I blame the leader or (laughs) apostle for I don't care one of them I still His backstory is gonna kill us all. <laughs> I still pity him because, like, I know it's not his fault that this has happened, but I still know what he has done. And although it wasn't necessarily his fault, and although, like, if he didn't do it, someone else would have done it. He was still the one who did it, and he did. I think he did do some things that, like, more details will be revealed eventually. He did do some things that I think were unnecessary and he didn't have to do them in that way. Mm-hmm. And so even if things weren't his fault, there are still some things that he does have control over that just, again, hold me back from him. Yeah. Um, yeah, this turn is like a... to read yeah. now? Uh, I think it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> we went on a tangent, but what's new? <laughs> Yeah, we've definitely discussed this issue already. So I guess we should probably stop beating a dead horse. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Karen says, and I know you and I share the same vengeful desires. And that is a very important line as well, because it tells us that both of them want revenge at some point. And because of their common goal, they're willing to work past their differences and, you know, get their goal done. But it also kind of suggests that... um, these two are, are mainly right now they're mainly only held by the same desire for revenge you know until he said this line and honestly even i kind of glossed over it until the fandom focused on this line i didn't even like it didn't even occur to me that lauren's mission to stop the phantom scythe was revenge because i think because um this is where our personality colors our perceptions i'm not a vengeful person like i, I would never even think in such terms so i thought that she wants to stop the phantom sites because she wants to stop a terrorist organization from murdering more innocent people i didn't even catch that it's like personal for her and it's all about her obsession with dylan like i knew she was obsessed with dylan but i didn't 
connected that it's like revenge because I just don't think like that. But the fandom has since enlightened me. So <laughs> it's just interesting how everyone has their blind spots based on their personality. I mean, he's Kieran says as much when they first meet, I think it was in episode three, when he says what you're doing right now, it's personal. Like you, like, yeah, you want to do this justice stuff because, you know, good, but you really, 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 really want them to die. <laughs> you don't. So I, I like that how it's, it's kind of both in a sense. I mean, just because she wants revenge doesn't mean she doesn't want it for the sake of everybody else. And it's, she's allowed to have both, but it's how much each of those balance in her head. Like, what percent is which one that I think is um, interesting to look at going forward? Mm-hmm. And something else I find interesting is that revenge isn't, wanting revenge isn't typically a quality that is nece- that is really positive. Usually a revenge quest is seen as a flaw or something that only leads to more failure and sorrow. And so I find it interesting that both of them want it. And I think it just adds another flaw to their characters. And I really enjoy that flaw because, um, you know, it, it makes the characters more interesting and dynamic. But what I find even more interesting is that Kieran is, I, I view Kieran as sort of a mentor figure to Lauren. Like he's, he, pulls Lauren into the world of darkness and stuff and kind of guides her through it and that is sort of what a mentor figure does when you think of like Joseph Joseph Campbell's like hero's journey and so Kieran is her guide in a sense he is her mentor and yet he still has the same naivety as she does which is the revenge quest I mean I've seen enough revenge movies to like Enjoy, like you know sometimes the plot is revenge and sometimes it's like they're happy with the revenge at the end and sometimes it's hollow so mm-hmm. I wonder how this is going to turn out I'm yeah, wondering I if it's see... going to turn out like Avatar like mm-hmm. Southern Raiders ooh that's a good episode Avatar <laughs> wait like the blue people Avatar or um, uh, the Lost Shape I know yeah, I haven't seen it I don't, I don't know anything about that apparently my one of my good friends always says I'm like an air bender no yeah. what is it the water there's different elements right yeah, yeah. four elements yeah, I think you'd love that show Mindy oh my god you should watch it's on Netflix <laughs> like great Netflix? watch it with the kids yeah basically the revenge is like you have all this pent-up anger and then when you finally get to that moment you already realize that there's nothing you could do to make it stop. So it's like, you just want to do the right thing. Exactly. I don't see PH as a type of comic that rewards revenge. No. Because like Shivi said, revenge in the end is pretty hollow. Whatever you're getting revenge for, you're not really getting that back. In this case, it's Lawrence childhood friend. Even though she can try to pursue revenge and try to pursue justice or a twisted sense of justice as it kind of seems by this like her wanting revenge take a shot every time we say revenge <laughs> um, we'd be wasted it, it's not going to get her her childhood friend back and so there is that sense for lauren her desire for revenge is her naivety in her thinking that um things will go back to how she wants them because if she's successful that is her naivety I'd say That's and 
So it's weird that the mentor figure or what we perceive to be the mentor figure in this, who is Kieran, um, it's weird how he also has that same naivety. He, he also well, we don't wants know where he's revenge. coming from with it. Yeah, that's the he, thing. We don't know where he's coming. In what world is Kieran a mentor? I'm just very confused by this description. Well, he's more like a leader between Loon. Like he's the one that probably makes most of the plans. And then Lauren's the one that... Oh, yeah. I would I say that like, maybe he's, I would think it'd be more accurate to say he's not really a mentor, but he's kind of opened the door to other possibilities that Lauren previously had not entertained in terms of like how she would go about getting her revenge. Yeah, I mean, he, like, he might be more advanced in, in like knowledge, but to me, a mentor is someone who has wisdom, life wisdom, emotional yeah. wisdom. That's not Karen, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, this is this is weird to explain. Let me like pull up the hero's journey, like a diagram. Like, oh my God. Yeah, the hero's journey. Really I love am. this. I love the monomyth. Like I love analyzing it in different stories. So like- <laughs> I had a whole paper on this in college, man, but yeah, this so- is and stuff. Um, I need to write a paper on this, like the hero's journey with like, you know, it fits into pH and stuff or how the how pH fits into the hero's journey. So early on into the story, the hero meets the mentor and the mentor is supposed to be their guide into the unknown. And the mentor is supposed to um, sort of teach them and bring them into the underworld if I'm remembering this if I'm remembering this correctly and the Obi-Wan the to the Luke if you will yeah like the Obi-Wan to Luke and if we take this to Star Wars the underworld or the special world slash the underworld it is the second half of the hero's journey like the if you look at it in a circle it's the bottom half so you get one fourth you get one fourth through the hero's journey it's the act one um it's all of act two so like the underworld special world all of act two and the mentor takes the hero to the underworld so obi-wan took luke to the death star um and they guide them through it and they help the hero but at one point the mentor is removed from the story and the hero must now persist on their own and so i see kieran as the mentor figure at this point in the story because he is taking Lauren into the world of crime and into the world of the unknown and he is he is aiding her in her quest to get revenge and but when you think of the mentor figure you think of someone wise and you think of someone caring and compassionate like you know Obi-Wan but Kieran isn't really those things he he has similar flaws to Lauren and he's basically the naive hero playing dress up as the mentor i just love how like is he a hero is he a mentor but he's an anti-hero if anything at this point like i i love like listening to this stuff because you could apply it but at the same time there's so many differences in terms of like because i don't think kieran has any particular higher knowledge other than just from his from working for the ps I mean, if anything, he introduces her to, like, a new world, but I don't see him as, like, guiding her in any way. She's, they kind of mutually go in a direction and work together as a unit. Mm-hmm. So you could but, kind of argue maybe them together are the ones going on the journey, he does, in a way. But then he does teach her about the world, especially later on in the world that she lives in, and she does definitely learn a lot from him. And I think that he does help Lauren 
grow as a person and well yes there in later down the road there are definitely more significant like more obvious mentor figures I think just starting off in this series Kieran is a bit of a more subtle he's a bit um he's a bit more subtle of one and he's one who sets up the story and just for the Kieran fans out there the mentor figure usually dies at some point so have fun with that no, you have I... to stop spreading malignant lies it's <laughs> I reject your reality I yeah. think I think I, I agree with you Floyd, about the mentor to a point maybe maybe for the first two seasons I don't know maybe season three too though like we might mm-hmm. see Kieran open up a bit more about information because right now he's really protective I don't want to say that to freak the fucking Lauki fans out chill I'm saying <laughs> in a way that he doesn't want her to get caught like Mm-hmm. obviously he said don't go to Grim Goblin and he's keeping information from her so I feel like he has a it's lot more to tell stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> by season so okay. Ted, guys <laughs> I mean but yeah I see Kieran as like more of an inciting talk. incident but that's just me mm-hmm. yeah I don't see Kieran still being the mentor by like season two or sorry late season two or um season three because by then Lauren would have gotten to his level or he would have gone down to Lauren's level and I think they would he would have like he would have settled down as this place as sort of like hero anti-hero whatever he's no longer the mentor and instead um someone else will come in as a mentor or there will be no mentor figure at all because again at one point the mentor figure and the mentor presence is supposed to leave the story and allow the character to now take what they've learned take the knowledge they have and their experience and fend for themselves <laughs> without the help of a guiding figure. Anything, it could be Tristan. Yeah. <laughs> Bundan's like, it's so tough. Literally. It's only episode 10. I know. Bro, well, guys. I mean, Maybe, awesome. if we have been introduced to several middle aged men by now, if They're any of them are like yet, older okay? than 30, middle aged, any of them are like older than 30, they have the potential to be a mentor figure in this story. <laughs> I just say that because I just think everyone's going to die. <laughs> Never mind. No Nuclear bomb at you, go burn. Watch me live to like 105. Well, then you should live to 105 just despite everyone else who doesn't yeah. make it to 100. My great great aunt just died. She was 100. Oh, Very impressed. Wow. Yeah. Good I'm life, sorry. man. That's crazy. Yeah, that's good life. Yeah. She was apparently like completely, you know, lucid and everything till the end. So good for her. That's good. My other, yeah, anyway, okay, let's, yeah, let's, let's get back, back on track. Yeah. Let's so, read. <laughs> I can't believe I've only said one line so far. Damn. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Maybe we can okay. okay. read so. more and then stop. Kieran <laughs> says, Plus, you seem to have a knack for guessing whenever someone is lying. It'll make you useful. And he, Kieran, he has a grip on her arm and her gun, and he pulls it like he pulls her closer to her so like, he can see her. And then Lauren's like, But I saw your face. And there's an emphasis on face because, like, um, this was a calculated risk on Karen's end she could have very well turned him into the police and she says that in the next line where she's like how could you be so certain I wouldn't bring the whole police squad here tonight and Karen releases her and he's like darling you're not the only one um, to have seen it I waltz around oh, just and have seen it as in the sense of his face and he says, I waltz around in broad daylight with his face. And yet, miraculously, no one runs away screaming. I thought he just hopped he... up on that railing. Yeah. Just like, 
Look at he's doing singing in the rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just, yeah. I kind of just want to flick him off the edge. Oh, he's so water. confident. <laughs> I could just take her. <laughs> it's good balance, though. Mm-hmm. He says, as if I'd have any interest in killing people at random. And Lauren's watching him and he's being kind of playful and she's like, but still, why me? And Kieran says, someone as obsessed with the truth as you are wouldn't walk away from a chance like this. If you turned me in, you wouldn't get anything out of me and you know it. Help me and we both get what we want. Face is actually a little more serious here. Mm-hmm. And Lauren says, what exactly are you? You're the leader's favorite puppet. You obey his every words. Oh, God. <laughs> she be abundant. You know what theory I'm thinking of right now. Oh, my God. I hate it here. Shush. I reject. I reject <laughs> it. I- <Yeah>. Anyways. <laughs> we don't, we're not going to get into that right now. Karen, Karen points to her and he's like, oh, please. That's insulting. I'm his best assassin, not his puppet. And Lauren says, yet you want to kill him? It doesn't make any sense. And Kieran says, a handsome paradox, am I not? And oh, he's swinging I around that, that line. I love that line, too. I love this man. Such a, yeah. such a little bitch. <laughs> right? While he's swinging from the lamppost. Mm-hmm. He, totally, yeah. It's, it's, it's Lauren, something else. It was the perfect time to Seriously, why? Um, she's looking up at him still. He's being still being playful. He's still being playful. And her shirt is always on fleek. Um <laughs> She says, why follow him at all if you want to stop him so bad? And Karen suddenly gets really serious. He stops moving and he says, you know, officer, it's not all rainbows and unicorns in the Phantom Scythe. And he hops down from the little ledge and he says, it's like any organization. No one agrees on anything. There's a healthy amount of backstabbing, but so far, no one has touched a top. The leader might not be venerated by everyone, but he's certainly feared by all. His pawns are everywhere. No one knows who he is, but killing for him, doing his dirty work, and being the best at it, that's the only way to get closer to him. The only way to stop him. All true. Mm -hmm. I feel like this, I mean... I understand why Lauren was pushing him so much. And like, he finally, you know, after like joke, 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 he's finally giving her a real explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and kind of being more himself. He's not hiding behind the the jokes and the banter and whatever. And he's actually kind of, in a way, he's kind of showing the lengths that he's willing to go to get to the leader. And it's just interesting to see him this is the first time we see him being like actually serious in a way that's almost like understanding him a little bit because you can kind of see oh he's doing this just to get close to him and it's kind of like oh he doesn't actually like killing which we already kind of know from the earlier chapters but now it's even more blatant yeah he's very honest Mm -hmm. i find it ironic and it's again touching on what we said earlier Kieran's motives, they seem to be him not wanting, he wants to prevent as much loss of life as possible. That is his motive. And it's ironic. Like by taking down the planet's side, that's also what Lauren's motive is. I don't know. I don't know if I would agree that. I think, I, think, I think it's a personal revenge quest against the leader for stuff I don't want to say right now because it didn't happen yet. 
but I think that's a, I don't know if his, his goal is to stop as much life. I, I think that's him. us attributing more moral <laughs> reasons. Yeah, than, but I kind of saw him like similar to Lauren and what Lauren's trying to do is she's trying to stop the leader from, um, you know, like killing off more people. It's, and there's also the revenge part of that, but she wants to prevent what she's experienced. Uh, she wants to stop that from happening to others. And I think Karen is sort of the same because he wants, he wants to sort of take down the, um, you know, the dangerous parts of the fandom side, and that includes the and then it's well, also the mix of the revenge. So well, I don't know. I always saw this next line because he, yeah. he does tell us a little bit more about it there, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to get closer to him. The only way to stop him. But that from that, it makes me think. It, we said earlier that if he doesn't do the job, someone else will. And I just this idea that I've had for a while now is that Kieran, again, as you guys were saying earlier, he sacrifices his humanity to prevent, to make sure that someone else doesn't take his place because Kieran knows that he has the opportunity to take down the Phantom Scythe. He doesn't know if the next person who comes will want to take that opportunity or even want to take the Phantom Scythe or even have an opportunity at, at all, but he has the chance to, and so he sees it his responsibility to take down the phantoms. I don't know if it's responsibility that he feels, though. To me, it's That's more he's he has this deep motivation within himself to get the get the leader taken down, and it mm-hmm. just shows like his determination, his willingness of character, his drive to do it. Yeah. And I don't think you can kind of attribute Sorry, that I don't think to like any other. People. Sorry, I don't think responsibility was the right word. I don't yeah. know. He just he has this want to take down the Phantom Scythe because the Phantom Scythe he has that vendetta. He has a, a vendetta, and then I don't know some other stuff yeah. maybe. Well, he's taking I, I think, but hmm. basic, but basically, if he's taking he, the murders. Yeah, if he did not do the murders himself, then he would just get added to the pile of murders, and that is just another life on that count and that adding another number or adding another tally to I don't know the count I don't, I don't even know if it would be that either I think it's just it's personal it like help that both of them and like he knows what he wants to do and he thinks he has the ability to do it and that's just him moving forward with it I don't like I don't think it's any like deeper meaning than that he might there might be some sort of morality in there like but I don't see him as like being like I don't want to be like the, the bottom, like, you know, I need to like do this. I think he's, he's, he's got this goal and he's resigned himself to doing it this way. And even if he doesn't enjoy killing, it's what he has to do in order to be the means to his end. And that's how I feel. Like, it's weird because I always saw him as like wanting to stop the murders, like him wanting to stop the Phantom Scythe and like the, not, he wants to stop the part that hurts people. I mean, because I, he understands like, yeah, what, what, it's, what it's like to be hurt by the phantom scythe that's I mean, what i saw definitely him that, that's part of it honestly but i don't know i feel like there is it's kind of like lauren to lauren wants to stop the phantom scythe but it's personal and i think they parallel each other in that yeah he wants to stop the phantom scythe probably yeah. don't really Wait. know that well but <laughs> we're all using the wrong words he never says i want to stop the phantom scythe he only says i want to stop the leader he's all about that's the leader true you know, he says, you know, that's the only way to go closer to him. He's only on top. 
and you know, no one knows who he is. It's all about the leader. I think it's very aimed at the leader. And I want, we don't know why yet. I'm pretty sure we're going to find out it's specifically the leader. Well, yeah, like, I, there I are know. some things in the future that are said as to how he feels about the phantom sites, but not the leader. I think uh, he does want to stop the killings, but also I wonder if Kieran has killed people that do good with the society like maybe someone who was really corrupt that was hurting a lot of other people and because that person's gone now all those people are free from whoever that was and the question is though does what that person do warrant death that's a very thanos of us <laughs> we're like talking thanos. death penalty right now <laughs> yeah but thanos. basically are you, which basically, are you referring to which what are you referring to because i mean i know um, Thanos is like a Greek god, but I'm trying to figure out. Oh, no, that's Thanos. Right? Thanos. No. Thanatos is the god of death. Thanos is like the purple guy from Avengers. Because he's very much like, if we just kill these people, then everybody else will be fine. Kind of like a trolley problem kind of thing. I literally don't know about a purple guy. He like, uh, snapped his fingers and half the population just got dusted. Got yeeted. Got yoinked. Oh, that's it feels so those, good. It was one of those, oh, the villain starts talking and suddenly he's making a lot of sense kind of thing. <laughs> uh, the people who thought Thanos was right, that's a whole nother thing that I'm not yeah, about to get into, I, I, but it's just like it's that 50 50. Literally. That's talking in the Winter Soldier type beat. Oh, right no. there, oh, let's get back on track. Let's get back on track. So I think well, his line is saying? very relevant. I know, but the thing I was trying to say is that. Kieran knows the Phantom Sect was hurting people and by adding himself to that list of people being hurt or like at least you know killed he's not really helping the cause or any cause at all and so he might as well stay alive and do what he can do okay there we go (laughs) so Lauren says it still doesn't explain why you want to and Kieran says and this question shall go unanswered I'm afraid my motives are not relevant and I do and I don't care about yours. Suffice to say, I have as many reasons as you do to want him gone. I only care that I only care about making that happen, and I don't need you to do it. Do you accept this deal to. or not? Then I, I guess we can. Do we switch over now? <laughs> I guess. Oh, is yeah. it my turn? Oh, where do I start? Um, I don't know. Somewhere around here. But notice his line. So, like, yeah, we, here we know. Like, we don't know what mode is yet, but. Um, it's interesting that at this, you know, here, before he really knows Lauren, he's like, oh, I don't care about your motives. I'm pretty sure that when we're up to now, like we're in the 90s, pretty sure he does care. He started caring. <laughs> he begins to care, I would argue, relatively soon after this. Um, oh, for sure. He's so When sweet. we get to that, we get to that when we get to that, because I'm on for that episode too, <laughs> I think. I don't know. I don't know. In the 20s? But, yeah, in the 20s. But yeah, no, he... I th- what I like about this is like they and we get into this later in this episode but they both kind of go into this deal just trying to keep it like as professional between them as possible they're and so that dumb. lasts for maybe like 10 episodes <laughs> it fails miserably. just they're so dumb yeah also, I love his expression when he's when he says this because he's not looking at her and he looks kind of depressed like you could tell he's thinking about something sad to him and serious so whatever his motives are, uh, I'm pretty sure it relates to something very tragic. And we see that in the space. Yeah, it's really sad. There we go. Something for Kieran already. 
Oh, uh, wait, where do I stop? Um, suppose I do, what are the conditions? That's where you start. I don't know. I have to scroll. Ooh. Uh, suppose I do, what are the conditions? What do you expect from me? So that's Lauren, who's already like, probably got a ton of rules in her head. And then Kieran smirks and he's like, oh, you know, I like to keep things simple. He turns away from her. There would only be two rules. And then he looks back with that stupid smirk. First, no withholding information. Anything you know, I know, and vice versa. Same goes for oh, new discoveries, <laughs> or else we'll end up dead. No, that rule was not followed, just saying. <laughs> it's At like all. broken right away all the time. Yes. And then he winks. Second, no personal questions. Okay, Kieran, sure. To keep rule one from getting too out of hand. I don't really get the relationship between rule two and rule one. Yeah, really. it's really um, It's basically um, no, no oversharing. So it's like share information, mm-hmm. but no oversharing. But like they were so vague. It was like, that's what makes it fail. And he doesn't, I don't think Kieran wants to get personal on this. Mm-hmm. He wants to keep it purely transactional like purely just it's purely just business to both him. of them wanted that way you could tell mm-hmm. but i don't think lauren wants to get cozy with an infamous assassin yes he doesn't want to get cozy with anybody <laughs> I mean... he doesn't want to let people into his world because it's dangerous and they will only get hurt and he wants to stay all by himself and isolated and lonely oh, no, Mindy. He, he sees he sees lauren as a means to an end right now he i don't think he would even entertain mm-hmm. the idea of them being beyond professional because he doesn't point. let anybody in his life because he's all alone. He wants to be alone Mindy. because he knows that anyone who's close to him is going to get hurt. Oh my God. I don't appreciate you guys trying to make me empathetic for Kieran right now. I can't believe I mean, I'm Lauren's using him too. Sims. Oh, she's totally using him like the whole time, all the time. Mutual using. Don't don't <laughs> say that about Kieran if you're not going to say Lauren. Mutual too. using. <laughs> when you when they when you just oh, sorry. When you mutually use each other, hashtag just girl things. Yes, just girl things. Girl things. <laughs> yeah, I love Lauren's face in the next panel. Because she's like raising her eyebrow at him, like, what the heck? That's it. <laughs> Short and sweet. Oh, I almost forgot. Third rule in his face. Oh my gosh. This is my favorite panel in the whole episode. <laughs> No accidentally killing each other with the quote hands. How does that sound, officer? <laughs> Not good enough. I have my own conditions as well. Oh my God, the smirk is still on his face. I never realized it, but does he ever stop smiling besides that <laughs> one where he looks away? Go on. Maybe you and I should be thinking of the same episode right now. <laughs> wait, which one? Wait, right now, for what? I- I'll DM it to you. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't want to be mixed up in any of your shady and illegal phantom sites business. Okay, Lauren looks so good in this panel. I'm sorry. She do. Investigation related only or count me out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, he's still smiling. So the good cop wants to stay a good cop. I love that he calls her out. Even after teaming up with the purple hyacinth himself. Why, like, why is he tempting fate? And then she can just I like mean, with all his teasing of her I like that line. she's so fed up with him I like yeah, that line yeah. because Kieran is pointing out how Lauren is trying to be moral when she's mm-hmm. still sort of crossed when she's already crossed 
the boundary of what is considered yeah. immoral. Yeah, she's she knows this infamous criminal and hasn't turned him in. She's already screwed herself. Mm-hmm. He's like, why are you trying to like stay moral when like you're already screwed? <laughs> like you're you've already gone off the deep end. You might as well go further. <laughs> well, no, I actually think he appreciates that. I, I said this on the, a previous podcast, and I'm, I'm assuming it's actually from a slightly later episode. Oh yeah, yeah, it's from <clears throat> I think it's from yesterday, <laughs> but which was 15. But he, I think, you know, not maybe at this stage, but over time, I think that um, he's happy that she wants to be a moral person because, like, everyone who else surrounds him is vicious mean doesn't care about people willing to run people over and hurt people over to get whatever they want so I think he really does appreciate that she wants to remain moral as much as she can I love her face in the next panel me too Mm -hmm. and it's actually kind of so Lauren's face in this is kind of similar to how Kieran is playful and charming Lauren does that whole like oh I don't care scoffing rolling her eyes kind of thing it's just like the same thing sure no problem and then lauren she's she tries to act so tough as for you i don't want you in my life outside of this i don't want people i care about involved ever what we do together stays between us understood oh no the first (laughs) spicy panel here we go oh (laughs) officer how scandalous but sure (laughs) And then she does the same eye roll. That is not, <laughs> listen, if I get I one inkling that you're trying to hide things from me, where if anyone close to me so much as sneezes because of you, <laughs> her threats <laughs> are empty, I'm sorry. <laughs> I will not hesitate to put a bullet right through your skull. And and this is when he grabs the gun for, is this the second time he's grabbed the gun? But she's about to point it at his head again. So yeah. he's just like... <laughs> He's like, oh, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. It's always headshots with you. Oh my gosh, already on that personal level. And by the way, when I saw the panel, I'm not seeing the gun. I'm seeing their hands touching. (laughs) Oh my, Mindy, oh my God. Sorry, I'm a terrible. What if we held hands? But there was a gun. Oh my god. What if we cuddled but aimed guns at each other? <laughs> when he has a kill count in the hundreds, just girly things. I love how he's also like your threats begin to let creativity officer. It's been like not even 24 hours. <laughs> I mean, she's threatened to shoot him maybe five times since they've met. More, less. Lots more where that comes from. You really that- do have an obsession with murder, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so perceptive of him and I think the fact that he's already you know when you can make personal teases to somebody else that means you know them well it's pretty personal to like talk like that um it implies a level of intimacy that they don't really have yet but is a foreshadowing of what's to come because <laughs> he has I, no attachment he just feels like he can say whatever I don't think that's on purpose to unsettle people mm-hmm. right because it's the opposite of what you would expect and uh, I think he does it to get under people's skin. I just like that this kind of sets up the idea. I don't think this is a spoiler at all, but it's kind of like they kind of become the only people they could talk to about a lot of things because they're literally the only people that know what's going on. Like, like you know, there's certain information that they can't tell to other people. Him because, you know, and her because she can't talk to like 
half of her friends are law enforcement like <laughs> so I think that it's um interesting that they begin to understand each other so quickly and that kind of sets up for what's to come and kind of like how their relationship begins to develop and even beyond to like where we are currently in the in the story and it's just you can see it starting here and it's just great man I'm having a great time yeah 10 and 11 are really important and like you can see how well they get along with each other and how well they came up with you know everything that happens even though there's a lot of inconsistencies and mishaps and problems mm-hmm. they do well as a team and they get along besides the banter pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think also the fact that Lauren says she is a lot and when involved, she's always the kind of person who takes things on her shoulders and doesn't ask for help. So there's that. And then there's also, she is doing this whole thing to kind of avenge the person that she loved, her friend, Dylan. So she also wants to make sure that in this quest to avenge her friend, her current friends don't get hurt you know, because that would be um, a waste, <laughs> you know, in your quest to, to overcome, you know, to kind of undo or at least make peace with the the death or the missingness of one friend. You then get other people dead or missing. Yeah. It would be very useful. <laughs> I feel like you're back, backtracking and just getting nothing out of it. Well, it would just add more tragedy. Mm-hmm. The opposite of what you want. Um, so Kieran keeps joking here. He's still smirking, but it's okay. I forgive you. We all have our weak points. Here's another eye roll. Gosh, she's eye rolling like heck today. One other thing that before we move on is just, um, I love how the fact he's like, wow, you're obsessed with murder, said the murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think, I think he makes statements like that even if it's not consciously, I think unconsciously to separate himself and to kind of establish himself as, you know, there's a line that he doesn't cross, right? He said earlier, oh, why would I, you know, um, kill random people with the run away from my face? I think that there's a big part of him, as much as he does act flippant and as uncaring, there is a part of him that wants to establish, I am not a murderer. And like, it comes out, you know. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, back to the eye roll. Oh yeah, this next this next dialogue is screaming Foot's theory. How can I be sure you won't betray me? Endless, endless questions. He looks tired. <laughs> Look, if you and I are gonna be partners in crime, we'll have to trust each other. Which, by the way, I think Karen is the perfect partner for this kind of thing. Like he's honestly very trustworthy, even though he withholds stuff if you go down, I go down too, and so on and so forth. It's been like that from the moment you let me walk away. It's going to be a game. It's going to be a game of faith for both of us. Now, I like that too, that he's thought about this already, and Lauren probably hasn't even thought about that. Like, oh, you know, if I turn him in now, it's probably done for for me. But also it'd be for him as well. He has to trust that she won't try to turn him in or like throw him under the bus, you know? It seems like he's pondered this a lot better than she has. I mean, he's the one who offered it. Point of view. Mm-hmm. It's also very emotional. She sometimes um, doesn't let that, you know, it, it overrides her thinking. Mm-hmm. We're on equal footing. If things get nasty, you have your guns and I have my sword. The only question that remains is, do we have a deal? Or do we, um, we're doing another, Mindy, are you taking this? <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, I'll take over. <laughs> okay. I, was, I was wondering because I was like, oh, we're getting toward the end. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. fine. So Lauren looks down at this point, and this looks like it's kind of her final moment of contemplation. And then she looks up with another panel. I mean, I love how they, they stretch it out, right? You have moments of pauses to indicate the gravity of the situation. It doesn't just rush through it. And looks up with a very determined face, goes down to her mouth. Yes. And the lighting is gorgeous, right? Mm -hmm. Half white, half dark, because now she's forever mingled. Mm -hmm. She made a deal with the devil. And I also like the fact that they kind of let it sit for a second. It builds the tension with the reader as well. So it's not only like her thinking about it, but you're just like, will she? Is there anything else? And I Soph has talked about that, actually, how she loves to to split panels further apart or like just how they're shaped or how they're presented just to have that vibe and that atmosphere. It's um pauses. You know, it's like if you watch movies or any in any kind of art, pauses are necessary to build emotion, to create space, to highlight things in music and in, in physical art, in home decor. Uh, that's one of my hobbies. So, <laughs> yes, home decor and comic writing very similar. <laughs> so now Kieran says, "Fantastic! Welcome to the team." And he spreads out his arms, and y'all, it looks like he's about to hug her. Again, this is not <laughs> my theory at all. <laughs> Oh my this god. Even my oh my god. Does not go that far, man. <laughs> oh my I, I would give him a hug. <laughs> so hard. Yo, he looks I cannot. Is that a word? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I hugged Kieran in my dream. Did you remember that? I wrote that in my dream oh my on gosh. Instagram once. I had a dream. You were lucky. What was it like? It was warm and fuzzy. Okay, it was perfect. <laughs> was like I cannot believe you guys right now. <laughs> With well, your he, he looks soft and comfortable. So it like gets worse. Hug. You want to hear more? Okay, no, it doesn't get that kind of worse, but but yes, it you was are very well. I am you married. Have, you are. But I did tell my husband <laughs> the name right away. Because I'm very I mean, my boyfriend knows that I'm a Kieran simp, so <laughs> well. oh, my ears are blushing right now, by the way. <laughs> oh man. I was comforting him, okay? He felt bad. Aww. I had to it he was like therapy. Platonic oh. hug. Nice. Yeah. I'm gonna go resign myself from life after this. <laughs> no, you won't. You gotta wait until Purple High since then. You ain't doing anything. Right. <laughs> You're trapped here with us. You know, Bundin. There's a lot more I could be saying, Foo, but out of deference to your feelings, <laughs> yes. I'm keeping my observations to myself. So, yeah. Hmm. I could be saying you a lot Bundin more. Bundin knows. knows I can't do anything until PH ends. <laughs> can any of us what would we do afterwards i don't know i don't want to think about well, it i don't know what i'm gonna do afterwards. that's what we do yeah i've been in many a fandom don't you feel the depression and then you move on it's probably gonna fondly. be yeah by the time that we get to like the end of ph we're probably gonna be so sick of it like just probably. having like been so invested for so long uh, i think by then i'd be like super hella depressed because I think PH is genuinely like the best story I've ever come across, like ever. But then, like you know, just hope something else will come along down the road that I also really like. And you know, I'll always have PH unless it gets on daily pass, and then I won't have PH, or at oh, least like. No. <laughs> I'm not on daily you... pass yet. We have time. Oh, no. No, I think if you, um, from what I understand, it, if you pay for the fast pass episode, you already have you it. You get it. Yeah, yes. that's why I started fast passing. But I won't have all of season. I won't have any of season one or yeah. like um some of season two one webtoon to offer like you could just buy a series and get the whole thing i feel like that could 
They do it with Miss Hannah and the doctor. Miss Abbott. Oh, and you the can doctor. pay for the whole thing. I paid for you can pay for like X number of episodes. And it was like a special deal. Like it was a discount. It was cheaper than episode by episode. So and I you have those. Episodes. Damn, really? Yeah, I Wait, like really. I'm about to go season. buy the entire series right now. Like <laughs> legit. <laughs> Like I, yeah, I, mean, I think I know I paid for multiple at once like it was like a, a batch deal was, yeah it's expensive if you pay per episode mm-hmm. awesome so Kieran look at snazzy we got another <laughs> him, right sorry <laughs> it was physically overcome so his face mirror, mirrors Lauren's here it's also once again half in shadow half in light exactly showing you they are the same person so yeah they're very same similar brains. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, welcome <laughs> to the team. Nice to meet you, officer. My name is Kieran White. Yeah, we've, we've been dropping his name this whole time. Oh, yeah. Totally oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? We, we, we dropped his name in the first episode of this podcast. <laughs> What's more? <laughs> like, yeah, sorry if anybody was using this podcast. They would have like, and didn't. So, I'm so. so glad that I wasn't one of those people that had to wait like a year to learn his name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was only 10 episodes, though. I can't, can't no, but um, it was on um, Canvas. It was on Canvas. And oh then, my God. And then Soph kept hinting oh, at the name, and then she made the ship name, and people were like trying to guess his, what his name was. And then you began with K, and that was it. Yeah. Meanwhile, I, I rolled up and I read the first 10 episodes in a night. Yeah, I, I well, yeah, I didn't find it until the end of season one. Well, a little bit before 42 or 43, so bad timing. Wow. Oof. But we're not going into that. Train crashed. Yeah. It's fun. One other thing before we keep moving on, when Lauren says yes, I think the music in the thing stops and that just adds to the tension and it doesn't start back until a bit later, but I just love how it just like cuts there and again, the tension. I just remembered that. Yeah, it does cut. But yeah, my name is Kieran White. Yeah. So since we just introduced his name, um, we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but let's just mention it now. Kieran, I thought it was a made up name, but I was. I know so many Kierans. It's a common name. I had had two Kierans in my class once when I was small. I guess this is where you could tell I grew up very sheltered and one ethnic group. I never. Different culture, man. I mean, (laughs) I never met a Kieran. I I have like three that I follow on Instagram. Like, and I was oh, like, so hey, I haven't heard of protagonist of this name yet. Oh, weird fact for you guys. I was like looking up the Kieran name and how popular it was. And it gained popularity a lot in 2019. Oh my gosh. Did I tell you this story? Last, like a couple of weeks ago, I had stomach issues because I ate red meat for like the first time in six years. Oh and my, I, my stomach was killing me. And I was like, woke up in the middle of the night in pain. And I said, I was thinking to myself, I was like, wait, maybe my birth control is not working and maybe I'm pregnant. I was like, do you think my husband will let me name the baby Karen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh Honestly, do it. I actually wanted to name my son William if I had one. Oh yeah. So my Yo Yoel, my husband is Dutch and um the king is William Alexander. He's always been and it's a popular British name. So here we go, right? Speaking with mm-hmm. the pro-monarchy, Yoel, um, Yoel's like, if we have another baby, you know, his his like his English name, because we give both Hebrew names and English names, will be William Alexander. So oh, that's my <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh William, but I don't want another kid, but whatever. But if we actually <laughs> have one, yeah, just have it as an option. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Guys, give it. <laughs> 
15, 20 years and like all the teenage fans of PH who will be adults by then with maybe wow. families, there's going to be so many Kieran's and like <laughs> PH, is to- PH is gaining steam right now. Like if there is a show, I don't want a show, but like, you know, it's always possible with Webtoon for the <laughs> cash grab. I really um, feel like Purple Hyacinth isn't that as like. We're not even halfway, right? I think we're, mm-hmm. we're only about to hit halfway through the story, like in terms of where we are right now. Well, like, I mean, like followers, like. I know, but season popular. three, Bundan, season three might be 100 episodes, like season two. <laughs> it's going to be a long time. I so feel. we may just be two fifths right now, which is weird <laughs> to think about because we thought we were like two fifths, like beginning of season two. Like we thought we passed the halfway point in episode 75 but we're not even halfway yeah. right now you think i'm gonna complain about more no right <laughs> yeah you think i'm gonna complain about more ph is the only thing keeping me emotionally stable right, right now you think i'm gonna complain about more episodes <laughs> right well anyway the reason i mentioned this the, what i was trying to say is kieran in is gaelic for a little dark one which makes a lot of sense because his name is kieran white and he is, again, he's a mixed character. He's a character whose morality we can't really judge. On um, Externally, right, the first thing you know about him, dark, evil monster, and then his last name belies his inner truth, his white, pure soul, ready to be hugged and comforted. He's just a bean that needs to be protected. Yes. Maybe his last name is false and he's actually royalty. Yo, <laughs> I, I wonder about this yeah, so no, much. Karen <laughs> White is just Karen White. He's like, a breadstick. Okay, funded. I know we thought he was I half Asian or like half like middle I thought he was, for I, a bit, I, I but he was confirmed fully white. That man I is just for tan. Greek. Greek is technically white, I'm but Mediterranean. My my one Greek friend says that she she refers to herself as spicy white. I will give him that one. <laughs> Wait, why can't he be Irish if he's has a gay I mean, name? I, I, the one of the Kieran's I know is fully like East Indian. So it's like, I do not associate the name Kieran with Ireland at all because it's just like, I know a white boy that's named Kieran, an Indian boy that's named Kieran, and like an Asian guy named Kieran. So it does not associate as Irish to me in Kieran any way. Kieran's so tan though. Like, I mean, he's the most tan of the main four. That's why I push for Ireland. I mean, to Lauren, who is like an unbaked. She, Lauren's a ghost. Call, wait, did you just call Lauren an unbaked potato? <laughs> no, Lauren's a ginger. I'm, I'm not so cool. Is, though. <laughs> she is that level of pale. When William like, when you cut open a potato, like, and it's like basically William is white, the that is Lauren. Yes. We put William in a Wonder Bread t-shirt for the banner. <laughs> that is we did that. Though. That was pretty good. <laughs> William is the white bread. Oh, does point. that make Kim the marinara sauce or like Alfredo sauce? Oh, she's way spicier. Yeah, no, Kim's gonna be like. I think Kim is Asian. But you give Kim like kimchi or something. Breadsticks and that's spicy. Wait, you have to tie it into breadsticks. Oh yeah, because like raspberry. Yo, what if like watermelon sugar? Guys, what if Will proposes to Kim and he's like, "Will you be the butter to my Wonder Bread?" Oh my god! Oh no! Yes. Oh, no, 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 maybe the toast I've ever heard. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Back to the topic. I feel like I've been our characters. Which food types are they? He's brings back. Gone <laughs> to a level. Okay. He says he smiles once again, split into the two sides of his nature, and he says, "It's been a pleasure, Lauren. 
all true, okay? The, the, the ship starts here, people. You heard it first. The ship started when he <laughs> had never had to much fun. Oh, yeah, it started man. in the season one banner, okay, y'all? When he was, like, painting her cheek with some blood. The ship started then. The ship started when he got out of those handcuffs. The ship started when we saw them in art together on Soap's Instagram. The ship started when she kicked him in the face. <laughs> yeah, so... Yes. And now, um, belying his previous words, he you know, takes his sword out. Lauren, of course, is like wide-eyed and shocked because she's like, hello, you just signed a deal with me. Are you going to kill me now? And immediately takes out her, her gun. But we have this beautiful panel of like a slashing sword across several panels. The background is blurred. It's beautiful. And there's blood on it because he <laughs> has just sliced his hand open. This so dramatic. little shit. This whole scene bugs me. Like, what was he trying to accomplish? Unhealthy. Scare her. Oh my god. A A dramatic bitch. Yeah. He has daggers. Come on, please. Exactly. He has the sword just right there. Sword Sword versus like a dagger, like what in his boot? Maybe the sword is like important. That's why he used it. The sword was just right there. He's dramatic. That's why. You know, I heard he's walking by on this not. bridge, by the way, for some reason. <laughs> no, it's so... And the moment it exposes them. Lauren's face yeah, off. Why are they just, like, in the middle, like, where anyone can see them? It's midnight. Know th- I know, but, like, there are buildings on the side and the lamps are on. Like, anyone can see them right I now. I mean, they're in the middle of the thing, and I don't think people are going to be so, like, curious about these two random people on the bridge. They probably think they're a couple or something. Aww, when did he say that until someone sees him pull out? But didn't you say that until someone like who's just like wondering like what those people are doing on the bridge? She's in pull out like a sword. And calls the police. <laughs> I don't know about you, but like if I see people just kind of chilling, I'm just like that's not my business. Unless I see someone like getting you know attacked, which is not happening. So, but yeah, her her face off. She's just like sweating in shock. That mm-hmm. it's just gotten to her. She's been capable of absorbing all of his crazy antics but this one was just too much she's shook <laughs> and he's he like what's wrong come on your turn like totally um what's the word nonchalant denying yeah denying the fact that he's done anything crazy on purpose oh boy and she's like ew no you've murdered dozens of people with this sword adorable again more banter more like fighting they're just like they bicker all the time they're so cute and then he's like, huh, what kind of barbarian do you think I am? I clean it nightly. He looks seriously distressed. Like his eyebrows are raised like this. He's like, the blade would rest otherwise. And that would be extremely regrettable. But again, he's sideswiping the fact, the moral accusation behind her words. He's just talking about the externals and, you know, making it seem as though he's superficial and really he doesn't care about people's lives because yeah. too painful to admit that he does. Because then he has to face his reality and die of depression. He's the equivalent of a college student wrapping up in a blanket, trying to ignore the fact that they have um, their life in shambles. Wouldn't relate to that. (laughs) Did you speak from experience there? (laughs) Um, There may be a few pictures of me wrapped up in my blanket from um, my undergrad, but... (laughs) Oh, yeah. And Lauren gives him the biggest eye roll ever. This is like the billionth time she's rolled her eyes on him. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and the side, too. <laughs> she just sighs and she's like, I have to deal with this imbecile and just like whatever. And then she, you know, this is like very, what's the word? I'm trying, I'm using a, a Yiddish word, which which I is my favorite expression, shtadi, which really means fancy, but I just use it for like really cool. But she um 
<laughs> she just swipes the dagger out and badass. That's the, it would be a, the equivalent word. I mean, um, in this context. And she just, you know, swipes the dagger out of her sword, showing that she was prepared. She didn't, besides for her gun, she also has a dagger and who knows what else she has, where else she has it. And she cuts her own arm, showing no hesitation, you know, showing our Lauren is a brave girl, not afraid of physical pain. And she says, we have a deal. She extends her bloody arm out to him, totally foreshadowing, you know, in order to make a deal with the Purple Hyacinth, blood will have to be shed and more blood probably will be shed. The blood packs. I wrote a whole thing um, about their relationship before the season one finale. And I talked about this is like the first instance of like, like this kind of shows where their interactions start. It's like impersonal, but intimate, I think is what I said, because it's like, yeah, they're just kind of doing this for their own reasons, but they've literally made a blood pact with each other and that you don't just do that for like nobody. So it just kind of shows that how far they're willing to go to make sure that they get the job done and I thought that was really interesting also a really good way to get hepatitis yes they die before they begin yo Kieran (laughs) may not have killed Lauren but the tetanus sure will (laughs) yeah yeah but these last couple panels are amazingly symbolic and dramatic and you know they've taken away the background they made everything white so that you can focus just on the visuals so Lauren extending her hand, again, that whole symbolism with like the, the, the blood, but like, you know, it's a sign of overture to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Them shaking their hands, their blood mingling, beautiful. I'm not going to mention their hands are touching again, but whatever. And, um, and then he says, so it begins. How close and they are. Yeah, he stuck his face right in hers. This is... They are trying to make a blood pact, and you guys are like, you guys are like, they stuff. are inches away from making. What do you that. mean? Yeah. What you guys are acting like right now? I have said nothing. No, I, mean, I. One second. This is not a romantic moment. I will concur. It's not romantic. He's doing it for like intimidation. He does that, but, but I can but, still feel their warm breath against each other. Okay. But she's still a woman. Look she's at still it. Oh my God, Bundan. What? Yeah. I can't no, say anything. Actually, I have Kieran as mine. Who, in my defense, when I chose the image for this for the cover, I did not choose this one. I chose their hands because that's I'm not the most important the thing. I mean, okay, the handshake is one of the best pairs. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the symbolism. I, I would be sad if you didn't pick that one. Yeah, <laughs> I could have gone the romantic route. I didn't. Okay, I chose authenticity, plus, integrity. <laughs> plus, Mindy, I think it would be harder to put like a white text Words, on like. Yeah the close-up one like because you could put the white text like right over the hand but there would be some spaces where the white text wouldn't show i don't always do white text i do it i change it based on the each one but but this one's also pretty dark so it'd be hard and i did it already so i did it like two weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah and then so it begins and then the final panel is their hands touching and more blood dripping and blood dripping that's the final thing which is very reminiscent as always where there's a oh lot my of- god <laughs> the author's note they'll end up dead from tetanus because of that handshake and their <laughs> story will barely have even started <laughs> <laughs> they got oh lucky god. they got mm. their back their tetanus shots that's, that's good get, get oh your vaccines god. kids <laughs> this episode was amazing this is one of my favorite episodes i uh, love it so much mm. It's a, it includes everything that we love about PH, atmosphere, interesting character interactions, the banter, 
<laughs> even if you don't ship it, the banter is really fun to read, That's interesting okay. and beautiful art. And I don't know, this this really just sets up for what the series continues to provide as you get more into it. And I just really think this is a great way to kind of kickstart the plot because the, the, you have the synopsis and this is basically the start of like, from beyond this, you don't know what's gonna happen. All you know is that they're gonna work together. So this is basically the beginning of the story. And I think it's a really great beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and the bridge is so like significant. There's so many significant things in this episode that portray and reflect later on, and I just love that. Okay, I so, just realized, yeah, never talked about the symbolism of a bridge. Yeah, going to the bridge. Girl. I want to say this: if you look at the hero's journey, let's <laughs> <laughs> make a meme about this. What? <laughs> just like. You know that guy from It's Always Sunny do it like the, the wall of theories. I would just oh, have Charlie. him pointing at the hero's journey graphic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's used so much. It's like the but thing for stories. This is this is the departure act for Lauren. The hero leaves the ordinary world. She is now in the special world. She is now in the underworld, the bridge. She literally crossed the bridge into the special world from the ordinary world. And we see this bridge come back again. Are you saying Dark Lord? No, I'm kidding. I wish. I wish. But yeah, I. This episode's just great. It's one of the best ones, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before this, okay, I won't lie. I love PH. Okay. I will always love PH. But I don't remember anything that happens from episode four to episode nine. It is just (laughs) a void in my mind. And so I think. PH starts off amazingly, but then it gets a little bit slow, and I think it does lose some readers at that point. Mm. But then, if you can get to episode 10, once you get to episode 10, it is smooth sailing. And that is what I tell everyone who I who I try to indoctrinate into PH. I'm like, <laughs> okay, look, I tell them, I sit down with them, and I'm like, look, <laughs> PH is a great series, but the first 10 episodes are going to take you a while. <laughs> but you have to get through that. And once you get through that, it is just pure fun great and 11 the next episode and mm-hmm. i like these next episodes all flow into each other and that really helps to like keep you interested i had to stop at this point because it was like 2 or 2 a.m or something and i had classes at nine so i had to stop and then i read it all the next day and that was a monday which meant i got a new episode that night so mm-hmm. i was really happy i caught up and then i just had to wait a little bit and then it was episode 21 and i was nice. just like yes <laughs> I- I also like I think I said this yesterday when we were recording the 15 podcast like episode 15 if you're not sold by the end of episode 14 or and then episode 15 itself then ph isn't for you if you can't get if you don't like episode 15 then ph is not the series for you yeah the the loon interaction interactions are just like the cherry on top (laughs) I wonder who came up with the name though I mean, they're French, so. Oh, oh you mean like of Lauren and Kieran? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Kieran's the extra dramatic one. Yeah, exactly. I think so. Yeah, no, <laughs> let, let, he's the one who's been. Lauren would be French like stuff. Team LK. 
<laughs> no, no yeah, she's smart. She would never do that. <laughs> Team Lockheed. Imagine I said if they that, did that. I never have seen Team Rocket the same after I started reading Purple Hyacinth. They're basically Lauren and Karen in an alternate universe with a pet cat. Bold of you to assume Lauren has the creativity to come up with a good name yeah. for them. <laughs> I love also that this is one of the few episodes where it's only them two. Like, no mm-hmm. other characters even, like, walk by or anything. Because, like, they've had interactions with each other. And, like, the only times that we've had only two characters is with them. And it was from when they had their meeting in episode three. And now. And I... I mean, I was like, 11 and 12, too. Yeah, oh, well, uh, for, I'm saying at this point, then going beyond... But yeah, I, I like when it's that. Wait, so it was what just, about just them two? No, episode three though. Yeah, I said episode three. Two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, my I bad. said that. <laughs> but yeah, I am deaf as my, I am as deaf as I am blind. We are the blindest of all. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> well, so what do you guys think of ending out this chapter with um, saying what one word would you use? Like, what one word? just jumps out at you when thinking about this chapter. It's getting real. That's three words, but you know. <laughs> inspiring. Inspiring. It's inspiring just like conspiring. exciting, like because oh. these two are pretty much risking everything to work together with a stranger to de- take down like a gang, basically, like a cult. Actually, know. Shivi, oh sorry, huh? Sorry, so you go. Oh, um, I don't know. So that it's inspiring that they have such like passion for whatever they're working on, whatever they're doing this for. I hope it's for a good reason, but Mm. that's just. mm, Sorry, Shivi, for interrupting you. Um, what I wanted to say was, um, actually, now that you mention it, the how it's inspiring. When you first said inspiring, the first thing that like jumped out to me like from that was the writing in this episode. I find the oh, writing in this episode yeah. inspiring. I've, yes, it's I love it magnificent. So much. And just the way it sets up the story, the way it sets up the characters, the way it sets up their dynamic, the way it sets up the stakes, the way it sets up everything. And then it's paralleled and accompanied by amazing art. Like this chapter is an epitome in webtoon i'd say like when you were starting off a series like this chapter hooks people i would say oh you done yeah Uh, i would say my word is probably going to be intriguing because Mm -hmm. it pulls you in and you get this is the point you get super invested like we said so i'm intrigued by what i've seen and the possibilities that are now open for the story at least that's how i felt when i read it so yeah intriguing what about you, Mindy? I would just trust, because to me, this chapter is all about starting out with a lack of trust and deciding to take the plunge and trust each other and go with the ride. I love how your answers were like all serious, and I was just like, shit's getting real. It's getting real. Mm-hmm. Well, I was trying to think of one word. It wasn't even one word. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> it's just more interesting to see what pops into your head. Well, all right. Ladies, this was fantastic as always. Super exciting, super invigorating. And now it's time for bed. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I loved I love this podcast so much. It was it's so fun to record. It was so much fun. So much good discussion. So much. Yeah, it was it's great. It's always that's why I started this podcast because I'm very selfish. I wanted to analyze it to death. So
So here we are. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy you started. Great. I love these. I love doing these with you guys so much. <laughs> it's great. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, good night. Bon nuit, everyone. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs>